We will fix you. Hello, and welcome to We Will Fix You, the podcast that inspired two-thirds of Standout Ballet's least popular song. Joining me tonight for a, a little light fixing, Mr. H.G. Doom creator of programming language made entirely out of screams. Mr. Dave Convery, the man who filled your wetsuit full of ferrets on that beautiful September evening. Good evening. And I, as ever, am Roger Hart, who has written a hundred of these fucking things. A hundred. Christ. When will this nightmare be over? Not today. Not today. And not for you. You can keep us going in grim perpetua by writing to us with your problems at wewillfixyoushow at gmail.com or online at hauntedphonograph.com. Today's question is a matter of science. Not semiotics or the signified literary signs. They begin, my friends talk about politics a lot and attend a lot of protests because everything is on fire. I do too. This is fine. The talking and activism, not the things being on fire. That is not fine. I would quite like things to stop being on fire. My problem is signs. Funny signs. They all love funny signs. They all forward or retweet or chatter about the funny signs. I fucking hate the funny signs. They feel performative. They feel like cosy tribal signalling. They make me feel like I'm watching people with little risk of suffering real consequences if their protest fails indulge their new hobby. I know a lot of this is on me, and while I don't think it's an entirely unfounded judgement, it's still not a part of myself I want to indulge too much. That way lies screaming champagne socialist at anyone who can afford shoes. Help me, we will fix you. How do I make peace with the funny side? Mr. Conry. The golden rule of surviving the modern world is learning to say, well, that's fucking terrible, but it's fundamentally harmless and it's just not for me. This simple mantra is honestly the easiest route to happiness in a world where we're constantly browbeaten by the flaccid opinions of everyone with an internet connection, or those people who have TV shows or newspaper columns in place of technological literacy or value to society. And I really do think that the signs are fundamentally harmless or possibly even a net good. And I've got some receipts for that. All of the things that you've laid at their feet, that they're performative, that they're from people without skin in the game, well, that's all probably true, isn't it? But 
I think it's also true for a lot of forms of protest. And in mass protest, sheer weight of bodies on the streets is important for making an impact. So even if someone is more motivated by getting on a BuzzFeed list than they are by helping a cause, their soggy misanthrope carcass is making a small difference just by being there. They're also really visible. Okay, you hate them, but they're not for you, so that's fine. They get a lot of coverage. You get a lot of top 10 lists, funniest signs seen outside of Greg's. Sure, some of this is lighter than you would want, but I guarantee anything that spreads awareness of a protest more broadly than political news is is a good thing in terms of visibility. So that's, that's two overall increases in impact versus one but they're shit though, and and they are shit. But I think the net result is an uncomfortable, possibly queasy, they're helping and you don't have to look. Also, Peter Capaldi does it. Do you really think you or I are in a position to judge Peter Capaldi? Of course not. Just look at him. He's perfect. Yeah, I hear you. I Jokes translate badly between idioms and presume a lot of shared context, even when they're not freighted with all sorts of baggage. Jokes fraught. And you've identified that you don't want to stop them, per se, which, which is good, because that would be harder to fix and I'm quite lazy. But rather, you want to make your peace with them. That's, that's cool. We can, we can work with that. Now, there's a couple of approaches. Um, two, two main ones, really, or two components to the approach. The... Um, the first is all that healthy self-management stuff Mr. Convery alludes to, empathy and understanding and making yourself a better person and trying not to shit on a good thing for not being better and all of that. Yeah, whatever, who cares? It's terribly boring. If you wanted emotionally responsible advice, I suspect you would not have come to us. Now, you can grow as a person on your own time. I don't mind. That's, that's up to you. We're cool. Um, what I'm going to suggest is an approach to soften it all out when you inevitably fail. Um, when, when, when the mask slips and you harangue a scarf-clad deputy head teacher from Oxfordshire for 20 minutes because they made a flatulence joke about the name of the lamentably current US president, or however this goes down. The simplest thing to do would, would of course be to get a reputation as a humorless curmudgeon. If you just play and object to jokes, then across the board, then it declaws the political sentiment and no one will think you're 20 seconds from yelling, Jesus Christ, Julia, check your fucking privilege. Not everyone has access to Sharpies. But then you've sabotaged your ability to have fun, undermined a somewhat valid set of points and opened up the risk that people will keep trying to make you laugh or tell you that one knock-knock joke they swear blind is actually the funny one. Nobody wants that. None of them are the funny one. Structured jokes are bullshit. So, so the way around this, the way not to open yourself up to that, is to be a squealing hypocrite about your humorlessness in a way that people will bafflingly tolerate. And I know that sounds like a big ask, but I promise you it can be done because I've seen it. I once worked with somebody who repeatedly told people they'd been diagnosed as a psychopath and insisted they were utterly logical, claimed they were a humorous, rationally processing entity, 
and through Violet Beauregard-level tantrums if you ever ask them to do something they didn't want to do. And this person was such a was a, was a dyed-in-the-wool prick, and you don't have to be. But the m bizarre levels of cognitive dissonance between their constant assertion that they were a rational machine and their stampy foot little tantrums whenever anything they didn't like came their way kind of knocked everyone out of kilter. Now, there are many reasons this was tolerated in the organisation I worked in at the time, largely based around an organisational culture of tolerating utter assholes provided they were semi-senior white men. Um, but actually, I don't think that was the entirety of it because the whole org put up with this, not just the senior people who were completely blind to the failings of people who seemed a bit like them. Um, mostly it was, I think, that the whole assertion of rationality was so patently ridiculous coming from this person um, that everyone was far too awkward to ever want to talk about it. That's a bingo. You have the sweet spot. The solution. Insincerely pretend to be a Vulcan. Not in a costume and face paint way, but although, and not even necessarily behaviourally, although you could have fun doing a little bit of that or make some flippant jokes about it being time for Ponfar. I don't, I don't fucking know. Do what you like with this. The, the key thing is that you waste hours and hours fucking on about how perfectly logical you are while visibly throwing strops about things or displaying emotion. And, you know, I can give you a few basic pointers here. You can open a few sentences with logic dictates that. Um, as a rationalist, you can let people know that you've been hanging around on atheist discussion forums or going to meetup events run by over-enthusiastic web developers who've just discovered that humanity is and are trying to reverse engineer philosophy from something I read on Reddit. You, you, can, you can do all of these things that make you look like a fatuous, unself-regarding failure of a logician. So long as you sprinkle it through your speech, there doesn't have to be any truth, there just has to be insistence. You have to create that dissonance and awkwardness in those around you. At this point, you can, on the grounds of logic, object to jokes without anyone really calling, calling you on it. And I'm not suggesting you do, you can still carry on not objecting to the signs. It's just that when you inevitably fail, because you're a squishy, flawed flesh sack like the rest of us, you've got some heavy covering fire laid down by weeks, months, maybe even only hours of your absolute insistence that you're a perfect logical entity when in fact you're just as much of a twat as the rest of us. H. J. Do. How does one make your peace with funny signs? You can't. A sense of humour is a very personal thing, and if a thing doesn't land for you, it's likely never going to land. It's the same thing if you find something funny that literally no one else laughs at, like funerals, pictures of starving children, or Mrs Brown's boys. These signs are always going to annoy you, and nothing short of banging your face against a desk until your brain stops working is going to change that. I have a similar reaction to t-shirts with funny slogans, which is basically walking around showing off a shit one-liner someone else, literally someone else, not even you, someone actually else wrote. It's saying that you're such an unfunny fucking human being that not only could you not come up with a wry witticism about how your male pattern baldness is somehow linked to your sexual prowess or how your complete unwillingness 
unwillingness to acknowledge your drinking problem might be darkly humorous from a certain point of view, but that you're prepared to purchase a mass-produced item to advertise that fact. Also, and this really grinds my gears, if you have a t-shirt with an allegedly funny slogan on it and you wear it twice in front of the same group of people, that's basically the same as telling them the exact same shit joke twice or three times or however many. If you did that out loud, you would notice that no one in the room laughed the first time and that even less people laughed the second time and you'd stop or get commissioned by the BBC for five seasons, a spin-off movie, and an unfathomably stupid chat show. I think what I'm trying to do here is to use your sincere question as an excuse to rage about something almost, but not quite irrelevant to your problem. I've done this for a reason, and it's because if I don't, then the rage in my brain rises to unhealthy levels, and I end up waking up to find I've been crying tears of blood in my sleep again. However, because I'm a serious fixing professional, I'm going to try and find a way to make it relevant to your situation. Are you ready? Here we go. Funny signs are less bad than funny t-shirts. At least the people writing the funny signs have put in a modicum of effort. They aren't so bereft of basic humanity that they're prepared to outsource their sense of humour to a sweatshop in Pakistan. They've put thought and effort into their signs to try and make the process of affecting social change seem a little less hostile and a little bit more fun. It's not their fault that they can't recognise that what every funny sign actually communicates is a deep need to be the centre of attention and to make everything about them, even the suffering of others. The compassionate thing to do is to let them have their fun whilst basking in your own smug sense of superiority. Try and remember that a sign that feebly puns on the burning social issues of the day is inherently better than a t-shirt that suggests that anyone who is standing next to the wearer is stupid or that the owner only drinks because their spouse no longer excites them unless they're seeing double. And if you want to really, really put things in perspective, try having a look at what the far right considers to be a humorous t-shirt. Trust me, your smugly punchable peers will seem like the reincarnation of George Carlin. I do have one practical suggestion for when it all gets a bit overwhelming. And this is based on the old adage that if you can't join them, beat them. So whenever you see a sign that particularly galls you, try coming up with your own funnier version based on what you think the sign holder is actually semiotically communicating. For example, I want you to imagine me as a protest of some kind, probably an environmental protest. I'm holding a sign that reads, if the sea level rise any further, I might actually have to learn to swim. Now, try and imagine what I might be actually communicating other than a sincere hope that climate change can be stopped and a slightly shameful truth that I basically can't swim. Uh, for additional context, I should confess that I have a number of mystical tattoos that is more than five and a very ginger beard. So whatever abuse you heap on me, I will almost certainly deserve. Here's a few things that my sign should actually say to get you started. I'm only here because no one listens to the funny things I say on podcasts. 
my gluten intolerance is the most interesting thing about me. Trouble sleeping? Ask me why I'm a vegan. I will definitely have a wank if a photo of this sign goes viral. And voila. Now, whenever you see a funny sign, instead of having your blood boil, you can just spend a fun couple of minutes trying to come up with something silly that amuses you slightly more than their own weak effort. Um, and if you don't actually tell anyone that you're silently mocking them, then it's technically a victimless crime. Well now, wasn't that splendid? <laughs> and they say there's no transcendent signified. Stupid fucks. There's a hundred of these things. I'm crying out. <laughs>